This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at stdave.org. Good morning. Good afternoon, actually, right? Good morning, almost. This Sunday, which is also known as Gaudet or Joy Sunday, in case you were wondering. (laughs) Many of us will know this because it's the third Sunday of Advent, and usually our third candle that we light this week is the pink one. Joy Sunday. Similar words are found in this week's epistle that we read, taken from Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so I could not help but think to myself, rejoice always? Really, Paul? Seriously? So how am I supposed to rejoice in all circumstances? What about rejoicing in the death of a loved one, or in suffering, or rejoicing in sickness, or perhaps in Mary's situation? How does a teenage girl find joy in finding out she is pregnant in a time and in a place where women would be stoned or shunned? For much less. The answer perhaps lies in our canticle for today, Mary's song, The Magnificat. I love that this Sunday, the third Sunday in Advent, the Revised Common Lectionary includes the Magnificat as an alternative song for this day. Mary was bold to sing about God. You have brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. You have filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich empty away. Mary's song, the Magnificat, called that after the song's first word in the Latin translation, evokes and echoes its ancient forerunner, Hannah's song. Her song of gratitude to God for the new life embodied in her son, Samuel. You see, Hannah, like Mary, was a strong and bold visionary. And her story demonstrates that she was well acquainted with the history of Israel's relationship with God. First, she prays fervently at the sanctuary in Shiloh, drawing scorn, but eventually respect from the local priest. And then later, thanking God for Samuel, Hannah sings of divine majesty and power, painting a picture of God as a master of reversals. God raises the poor from the dust, even as the bows of the mighty are broken. Similarly, Mary magnified God because she was willing to partner with God to bring about those things which, of which were told. She was willing to partner with God in that divine dance of the universe of love for its own sake. Mary was able to magnify God because she was humbly open to the unexpected new life God was birthing within her, inviting us to echo her prayer, let it be, let it be, let it be. 
And so it's an invitation for us to ponder how Mary's willingness to magnify God, how her boldness to sing with confidence those words, you have brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. How that those words may also be calling us toward a new life-giving, life-giving ways for celebrating Jesus' birth. And so you may be asking yourself, as I did, if it's possible to be joyful in the midst of sorrow's dark cloud. Well, I found an answer in a beloved author and theologian, Henry Nouwen. He has a great answer to this question, and that is that while happiness usually depends on certain circumstances, joy actually runs much deeper. Joy, he writes, is the experience of knowing that you are unconditionally loved, that nothing, whether it be sickness, failure, emotional distress, oppression, war, and yes, even death, can take that love away. In other words, joy and sorrow can not only coexist, joy can be found even in the midst of the most sorrowful of circumstances. So even though Mary's situation was difficult and vulnerable and scary, her exuberant song of joy flows from a source deeper than what we see on the surface. Yes, we are aware that we wait in darkness. We are overwhelmed and pained by the intensity of oppression suffered throughout the world, near and far. Still, with hope and joy, we lovingly labor for a world where God's reign is known and where justice is always triumphant. This year, our Advent season is a bit shorter than other years. We celebrate Advent 4 on the same Sunday that we celebrate Christmas Eve, so we're shy a week than normal years. So I believe, given that this week's traditional Advent theme is joy, and because this reading from Luke is so fiercely joyful, this is the perfect week to name and to explore the role of joy in our lives. More specifically, what it means to include joy in the midst of sorrow. I know that many, including myself, are experiencing deep sorrow within our personal lives and even within the wider community and worldly circumstances. And I imagine that Mary, more than anyone, I think from the, the Bible stories, understood this. What an example she sets before us to look for that joy. And what a great Sunday to also celebrate what we did earlier today, the Virgen de Guadalupe. She is the empress of Latin America and the protector of unborn children. Her feast day is always found on December 12th, which usually always aligns with either the second or the third Sunday of Advent. The Lady of Guadalupe, in case you're wondering, is a title of Mary, the mother of Jesus, associated with a series of five Marian appearances in December of 1531. It is said that she appeared four times to Juan Diego and once to his uncle, Juan Bernardino. Juan Diego was a member 
of the Nuajatal people of Mexico and one of the darkest times for his people. Now, if you know anything about his people, they were basically at the bottom of the totem pole uh, of the Aztec culture. They had been overwhelmed by their Spanish conquerors, their history and tr traditions completely distorted, their religion mocked, their treasures stolen, and their identity completely challenged, all in the name of converting them. Mary appeared to Juan Diego, dressed in the cultural clothes of his time, of his people, the most lowly people of that culture, to show her love and compassion to the most oppressed group of people at that time. Mary had heard the prayers and pain of these folks, and she came to give them hope. Mary's visit to Guadalupe is a reminder that God will remember his mercy for all people. So, if you're asking to yourself, why do we celebrate this during Advent, this third Sunday of Advent? Why here, why now? Well, I say this. We are in Texas. <laughs> and in Mary's song of joy, the Magnificat, she prays God because he has put down the mighty, exalted the lowly, filled the hungry, and sent the rich empty away. Does that sound like anyone who's coming soon? <laughs> People honor Our Lady of Guadalupe because they recognize her motherly concern for them. The story and the image of this lady are really about incarnation. Think about it. It's about the word becoming flesh, the incarnation of the gospel, the good news of God's salvation among us here in this land, and about who we are, and about who we are to become as church in the world. Mary, pregnant with the incarnate word about to be born. Mary belongs in a special way to Advent for the simple reason that her son seeks always to be born anew in us. For she too, like John the baptizer, who comes as God's messenger to prepare the way before Christ who is coming, also comes as God's messenger, inviting us to give him a home in which to be born again among us this year and every year after that. Mary sings a revolutionary song about God's revolutionary love in today's canticle. And in this joyful song, Mary reminds us that when difficult times and challenges arise, we are wise to follow her example, an example of finding joy even in the midst of sorrow and despair. And so as we keep watch this final full week of Advent season, we should remember that we are called to sing the song of rejoicing within all of our lives. The Magnificat is our canticle. The rejoicing of Mary is the rejoicing of us all. Amen. You can find more lectures and sermons on iTunes by searching for St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas, or visit our website at stdave.org and click on the podcast button.